We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young in for another hour. Uh, thanks so much for staying up with us here on Camo X. We have a lot of fun. We get to have some feedback from the audience. Uh, I always respond to texts, and I'm, I've been typing away through the commercial break, uh, responding to folks texting in. So uh, 314-436-7900. Universally, if, if, if you and I were sitting down and I just asked you, What's the worst part of the election? I know with 98.7% certainty that you would tell me it's the political ads, right? And the ads sometimes are so bad they're unwatchable. But I'm a big fan of a genre of movies that are so bad that they're actually good. If you've ever watched, Matt, have you ever watched Mystery Science Theater 3000? No. You're familiar with it, though, right? No. You're not familiar with this show? No, I guess it's not on anymore. What they would do <coughs> is they would play really bad movies from the 50s and 60s, and then the producers of the show would comment on the movies as the movies were playing and mock them in real time. Whenever the movies are playing. I love that show. I love that idea. Oh, uh, isn't that a great idea? I, I love old, tacky, scary movies. So I'm sure it's the same thing. They're, they're so bad. They're oh, good. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Have you ever seen that one? No. Oh, man. I, in fact, I've got a copy. I'm going to give you Plan 9 from Outer Space. You have to see it. It's universally panned as the worst movie of all time. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait. And... and <laughs> But it, but sometimes like there's a movie called uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes that doesn't count because they started out to make it to be a bad movie. Right. Okay. Plan Nine from Outer Space, done by writer director, uh, sometimes actor, sometimes cross dresser Ed Wood. Uh, he thought he was making a masterpiece. Yeah. Okay. This is the movie where he hired Bella Lugosi. You know, Bella Lugosi yes, played Dracula, him. right? Yeah. At the end of Bela Lugosi's life, he was such a he was such an alcoholic that he was drinking formaldehyde. You know what formaldehyde oh, yeah. is used it's for? With, uh, dead bodies, embalming fluid. Yeah, yeah. he was drink. <laughs> he couldn't get a buzz off of alcohol, oh. so he would drink formaldehyde. Well, guess what? It killed him. Yeah. Okay, but but halfway through this movie, Bela Lugosi 
died. And Bela Lugosi was like five, six, like Tom Cruise height. Okay. <laughs> so Ed Wood thought, I don't have any budget to replace him, and the movie's only half gone. So he had his brother in law, who's a chiropractor, fill in. The chiropractor is six, two. And the whole movie, he does the whole trick where he puts the his arm like he's got a cape over his face going, I want to drink you. And so he's walking around, and like this dude is 6'2", and it's supposed to be the same character played by uh, Bela Lugosi. Come on. But it's hilarious. So is, is Dracula in the movie? Is this... Well, he doesn't play a, a, a he doesn't play a vampire, okay. but he plays a scary character. But they they couldn't show you his face, so that's how they covered his face because it clearly wasn't Bella Lugosi. Right? Oh, that's terrible. And there's a part with UFOs, and you can see the strings holding up the pie pans uh, in the special. Oh, it's great! I'll, I'll give you a copy of Please it. Please do. But from this same idea that says some movies are so bad that they're actually entertaining comes this political ad. Now, I've got to set it up, Matt, before you play it. But here's the ad. It's an ad for a Republican uh, who is running in Michigan against Gretchen Myers, who's the, she won. She's the governor of Michigan. But the Republican uh, opponent was, her name was Tudor Dixon. And in this ad, I've got to set it up for you visually. There's about seven people standing in a straight line. And these aren't just people. These are biker dudes and dudettes. So they've got leather on, they've got blue jeans on, they've got hair that's in the, that's got the do-rags in their hair. They, they're scraggly and bearded, and I'm talking about the women, okay? So they're, they're just, so this is the picture. They're standing in a straight line. I also think they're possibly intoxicated. And in that context, here's the ad. Hey, have you seen the TV ads with the governor talking about the great things she's done for Michigan? She's a no. liar. Whitmer can say what she wants, but we She's live a here. liar. Just look around, man. During COVID, Whitmer locked down businesses like the Owasso Barber and put one woman from Holland Not in the jail. Not the Owasso Barber. Oh, yeah. 3,000 restaurants closed. And she's pro-business? Yeah, right. And what about those higher gas and food prices? Our <sighs> schools were closed for almost two years. Poor kids. Poor kids. kids. Whitmer says she's going to work like hell to keep killing babies. And she put COVID patients in Graham's nursing home. No. Okay, okay. I'm voting for the other chick. What's her name? The other chick. (laughs) Dixon. Okay, let's roll. Watch out for potholes. Whitmer never kept her promise to fix the damn roads. Uh, (laughs) Folks, that's a real ad. That ran in Michigan. And so just in case right now you're having political ad withdrawal syndrome, uh, P-A-W-S, pause, political ad withdrawal syndrome. I just made that up. I'm going to copyright it tomorrow. In case you're going through that, there are some ads that were just so bad that they're entertaining. I mean, when I when I. When I lifted the audio from this ad today, I watched it like five times. And one of my law partners came by my office, stuck his head in the door and said, what are you watching? I said, come here, come on in here. You got to see this. And so he watched it again. It was that good. Uh, So in the event that you feel like you just can't stand any political ads, I'm just going to challenge you. You're not watching the right ads. Okay. You need to be watching ads that are so bad that they're actually good. Hey, coming up after the break. I had a question today, and I sought out an expert to talk about this because 
the stock market dropped like 500 points today. And my question was, do financial markets, do they, first of all, do they care which party actually wins? And secondly, what do they think about gridlock government? I've always been a fan of gridlock government because from my perspective, if you've got the one party in charge of the White House and another party in charge of Congress, nothing gets done. And that means a government that is 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 handicapped, a government that is handcuffed, is a government that can't hurt you. So uh, I, I'm kind of a fan of gridlock government. But when your money's at stake, how do markets look at gridlock government? Do they look at it poorly? They look at it favorably? We're going to talk to financial expert Bill Dendy coming up right after this break here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The election did not turn out like most pollsters predicted. I was watching the polls every day and... And uh, a lot of the pollsters missed this election. Uh, So what, you might say. But uncertainty, I think, has an immediate impact on financial markets, and we saw some of that today. But what do financial markets think about divided government, otherwise known as gridlock government? So joining us this evening to explain how and why the markets react to elections is financial advisor Bill Dindy. He's a registered principal with Raymond James Financial Services, huge outfit. He's president of Alicorn Investment Management in Tyler, Texas, uh, and he's also an attorney, so we know he's brilliant. Uh, Bill Dindy, welcome to KMOX. Well, you are just way too kind, but I tell you, the results of this election have still got the market kind of, you know, fairly scratching its head as it's as the results are still a little bit uncertain as where we're going to be. And it wasn't the Republican red wave that some people thought it might be. But uh, all in all, it looks like we are going to have some division, which the market likes division in the government. Yeah, and and we'll get to that in a second. But at at least today, Bill, as I was watching the markets today, and you even used the word uncertainty, there's uncertainty in the outcome of the election. A lot of them, uh, the races aren't counted. It looks like Georgia's going to the runoff in December. How does the market react to uncertainty? Well, market abhors uncertainty. Uncertainty means that we don't know how to price things. And the current market prices of things are supposedly 
the present value of all the future cash flows. And those future cash flows are based on everything from interest rates to supply and demand to uh, anything that might affect those like uh, global economic uh, affairs. And so when you have uncertainty, you've got one more element that could swing things in either direction, which means pricing the value, you know, coming up with the price of a value of a stock today becomes even more challenging. And the market then looks a little bit schizophrenic as it runs up 600 points and then down 600 points in one day mm-hmm. because it does make that much difference on where interest rates are, what consumer sentiment is, and who is running our government. And I should say what party is running our government, or better yet, if they are not running our government. Oh, that's a that's a very good point. Uh, we're talking to financial advisor Bill Dindy, registered principal with Raymond James Financial Services and president of Alicorn Investment Management in Tyler, Texas. Uh, Bill, based on what we know today, it looks like control of the Senate is is unknown, uh, and the Republican majority in the House. I think it will it will there will be a Republican majority in the House, but it'll be slim. But regardless of the outcome of the Georgia Senate race at least to some extent, we'll have gridlock government. Now, what do markets think about gridlock government? Historically, markets have loved gridlock government because neither party can move too far too fast. Mm. And I I don't know. It seems that markets like less government. Uh, It's easier to plan for the future. You have less uncertainty. You're not going to have these new regulations that prevent certain businesses from being profitable or overlay of new rules that they'll have to follow, or you don't have new taxes come out in a hurry, either tax cuts or uh, increase in taxes. You don't have uh, uncontrolled spending all of a sudden Mm -hmm. because uh, you have one side balancing the other. So for regulatory, for taxing, and for um, uh, just overall spending, you have a benefit if the government moves very slowly or can't move at all. And I know that sounds crazy, but it does seem that markets do best when the government can't touch them. If the government can't just not hurt us, we seem to do okay in the economic sector. And that's to me, it's it's intuitive, but it's counterintuitive because from the voters' perspective, people want their government to do something. And yet from the market's perspective, it's better when the government does nothing uh, because that's something that we can plan on. And what's interesting is there is, seems to be a wave of thinking that somehow the government makes the economy, and that couldn't be further from the truth. And the challenge here is that a lot of people are turning to the government looking for solutions that would not be government-based and doesn't make sense for them to be government-based. But there, when you have people, uh, people in government taking credit for anything good that happens – and asking to vote them in so that they can change things to make things better economically, mm-hmm. I guess people can get the idea that government has that much influence. But in general, the markets tend to respond best mm-hmm. when we have more hands-off from the government. Now, obviously, uh, business people can make money regardless of who's in power in Washington. But but with inflation, at least right now, the greatest economic danger at the moment, and with government spending a leading driver of inflation – do you sense a preference for a, a more Republican Congress at the moment? Uh, absolutely. It's kind of like the Fed is trying to tap the brakes by raising interest rates to stop inflation. But at the same time, you got the White House or the, the government in general uh, pushing hard on the gas pedal. 
by mm-hmm. creating new spending or putting more money in people's pockets with the, with the forgiveness of student loans and other things that have come up that are great when you are in a recession and you need to stimulate the economy. But they're using the same things that we used in a recession to stimulate at a time when we should be slowing down the economy. So it reminds me of a relative I had that used to drive the car with one foot on the gas and one foot on the brakes. <laughs> you know, that, that's not a good idea. You're going to no. break something eventually. And that's what we're doing as a society right now with uh, part of our uh, big regulatory system, the, the Fed, trying to slow things down. Yet it, you can't slow things down. You've got somebody with a gas pedal all the way down mm-hmm. and a heavy engine running. Uh, it's a challenge. Uh, and with a Republican split, or with a split even, uh, you're going to see uh, a slowdown in the spending. And the other issue is taxation. We're going to run up against this debt ceiling issue. And with more Republicans uh, in, in in place, you're going to have some very hard negotiations mm-hmm. uh, that will take place that may actually be beneficial. Although, I don't think it's great for our country to threaten the world with a default, yet at the same time, it seems to get things done when you have the ability to force some negotiation. So that's going to be present as well, uh, which would not have happened if we had had uh, continued control of uh, the Democrat and uh, the Democratic Party in, both, uh, in, in all branches. So I, I think that's a... Uh, uh, I think that's a uh, important important role, and, and I think that the uh, idea of gridlock uh, it appeals to a lot of people. Uh, you see some of the ramifications when you get too strong one way or the other, and I know some people believe the Supreme Court has now gone uh, too far to the right, and that 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 may need to be uh, slowed down as well because. So much can be done when you have too much strength on one side or the other, and it moves very quickly. Uh, I think that uh, in the legislative side and the executive side, we're going to see maybe a bit of a slowdown, which should be beneficial to the markets. And even if we didn't, markets seem to love midterm elections. After midterms, we usually do very, very well the 12 months after uh, the three, six, and 12 months after midterm elections. Isn't that interesting? We're talking to financial advisor Bill Dindy, uh, a registered principal with Raymond James Financial Services and president of Alicorn Investment Management in Tyler, Texas. And markets are very, are just highly volatile. I saw there was a big drop today. We saw a run up earlier in the week and last week. Uh, and and many financial experts are placing the odds for a recession within the next year at 100%, including Bloomberg. But what should people do right now to make sure that they're ready for for possible financial turmoil in the next nine months? Well, it's the same thing we should probably always do, but it's easy to get complacent when we have a stretch of time when things are relatively good. Uh, and, and those things that we should always have in place, it would be uh, our emergency kit. We, we should have our emergency funds set aside. Uh, we should be controlling our debt. Uh, a lot of consumers got hit with the double whammy, the one-two punch of higher inflation, higher cost of goods. When they go to the grocery store, when they fill up a tank with gas, things are costing more. And then they got the double hit when the Fed started raising interest rates to stop inflation. The cost of carrying debt got a lot higher. So any unpaid credit card bills get more expensive to carry. Mm-hmm. Variable interest rate mortgages, the costs went up. And so when consumers have to spend more per item, and now they're having to spend more to carry debt that bought previous items, they have less to spend. 
And for a lot of people, for the first time in maybe years, they've gone back to their budgets to see how do we maintain our lifestyle when everything's costing more and we may have less money to go around. And a lot of people, even if they got raises, they may not have gotten a raise as high as the increase in the things that they're purchasing. So in order to prevent a step back in standard of living, people are having to do some back to the basics. And back to the basics is, number one, the budgeting. Make sure you're mm-hmm. getting the maximum enjoyment exactly. for every dollar you spend. Number two, make sure you have some emergency reserves. If we do go into a recession, jobs will be lost and things will be more challenging. Make sure that you have enough funds to get through a potential three to six months of looking for another job. And, of course, that depends on your seniority, the type of work you do and, and sure. such, but it's more likely to have that situation if we go into a recession. And then finally, make sure your investments haven't gotten overexposed into the markets because for a while, those markets were easy. Last year, they weren't so easy. Um, but make sure that your risk tolerance is such that you can ride through a full market cycle. Boy, that's great advice. Financial advisor Bill Dendy, if people want more information about how you could potentially help them ride through the storms of financial uncertainty, how can folks reach out to you or find you online? Well, an email is the easiest way. Bill.Dendy, that's D-E-N-D-Y, Delta Echo, November Delta Yankee, at RaymondJames.com. Just send me an email. I do reply back. And I appreciate the opportunity to be of service and in any way a person's interested in, in learning more about what they can do to protect themselves against potential recession or what should they consider as far as uh, what are options right now that might make sense? Because as we go into different market cycles, different things come in and out of favor. Very good. Hey, Bill, thanks for sharing your expertise with us this evening on X. God bless you. Always a pleasure. Excellent. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines after the break. I want to hear from you. Are you concerned about financial markets? Are you concerned about your financial future? What, what do you think about the results of yesterday's election when it comes to inflation and finances? President Biden said today that the message he got was the America, America wants more of the same. And yet exit polls said 75 percent of Americans disapproved, did not approve of Biden's handling of the economy. What do you think? 314-436-7900. Call or text on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Well, we got we got 30 minutes left of At Your Service here on KMOX. Thanks for staying up late with us this evening. We always appreciate it. Uh, Ed has given us another call. Hey, Ed, what's on your mind? Well, thank you for taking number two. As you were uh, playing that commercial, I was thinking about Steve Mizzerani on skates. Uh, it, it was so good. Ba- so decent bad. boys. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I think this uh, the gentleman has a great advice, and that's applicable certainly to the national and international level. But here locally, I have less to spend because I'm overtaxed. I'm brutally overtaxed. Sure. And there's no there's no gridlock in, in the two parties uh, dishing out our tax money. N- none, whatever. That there's a there's a constant flow there. So they may be gridlocked in D.C., but not not gridlock from taking our money. Oh, you're you're exactly right on that point, Ed. And of course, we were talking about financial markets, and and yeah. the New York Stock Exchange doesn't really care if if the county executive can't get along with with the uh with the county council okay but 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 you're right on a micro level it the the gridlock in government 
does affect us. And, and here's a great example, and your point is excellent, and that is, uh, for example, right now we can't lure businesses to the St. Louis region for two reasons, the crime in the city and the dysfunction in county government. And you put those two things together and businesses say, why would I want to locate my business there? And that's because of gridlock government or just dysfunctional government. Yes, it is. It's also a factor in the misapplication of tax money. Tax money needs to go to public uh, uh, public safety and public health, and then everything else kind of takes care of itself. Right. And get what we saw yesterday in the city of St. Louis, Jack Coder lost. He was the he was the reasonable Democrat in the city uh, because there are no Republicans. So he was the reasonable Democrat. And yet Green won as the president of the Board of Aldermen. Her working in conjunction with Tashara Jones is going to mean a complete and actual defunding of the police in the city of St. Louis, which is the exact opposite of what should be done. Well, the only buffer we have and the only real buffer we have had for the last 10 years is the St. Louis County Council. It all comes down to that body because they approve where the money goes. Yes, yes, they do. And so uh, I, that's why I was so, so hopeful that Montavani would have pulled out uh, in that election yesterday, uh, but he didn't. And to me, we're, we will all in St. Louis County, that's where I live, we're all going to suffer because of that. Ed, thanks for calling in this evening. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, I got to raise this issue because we're going to dive into other topics, and I'm going to have I'm going to lose this topic, and I don't want to lose it because I want to bring in Matt Pajeski here. Uh, I, I always like to go to Matt as if Matt is the singular representative of men in their 20s. Oh, boy. And <laughs> that's, that's a big responsibility. Uh, you feel that weight on your shoulder there, yeah. man. But uh, I saw this today, and and to me, I want to ask if you say, if this sounds like a study that was written by someone you went to high school with, yeah. okay? This is the study. Came out today. I read it. I printed it. It's a real study. Uh You've heard that, that obviously Alzheimer's is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Alzheimer's, uh, to give you a thumbnail sketch, is generally thought to be caused by something called amyloid beta proteins that accumulate into plaques uh, on the brain, which inhibits the, the transference of, of synapses in the brain and the transfer of information. So you lose memory, you lose cognitive ability. You lose your personality because the brain cells cannot communicate because of those amyloid plaques. I'm giving you that as a background, but here's my question. This is the, I really want your opinion on this. A study came out today that said one way to prevent the amyloid plaques from building up on the brain is hops that are used in the production of beer. Oh, yeah. And so, and so, doesn't that sound like a study that was written by someone you went to high school with yeah. that by drinking beer in your 20s and 30s, you're doing it not because you want to drink beer, but because you want to prevent Alzheimer's when you're in your 70s? Yeah. Me and my buddies, we're, we're probably fine then for, for uh, <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not going to be uh, contracting Alzheimer's anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because every time now you have a beer, you can say, to your health. Yeah. You know, this is so we are cognitively rock solid when we're in our 70s. Yeah, that's a great idea. I thought you were going to say, I thought this was like Amendment 3 related and somehow smoking marijuana was is going to uh, 
benefit me in the long run and was going to uh, reconnect my synapses or something. <laughs> it all be connected. See, that's why I love I love springing stuff on you, Matt, because you never know exactly no, where I'm going with some no, of these questions. Never. But yeah, now you can tell your friends drinking beer is for our cognitive health. Yeah, maybe not our like physical health. Or our liver's health, but no, for no. Our cognitive health. Yeah, yeah. Your, li- your liver, may, may, you may need to buy a liver on eBay, but, you know, your brain's going to be sharp as a tack right. from all of that beer. Yeah, I want to make sure that uh, that we got that in. Uh, one of the things that always drives me crazy when we have these elections, and we saw it yesterday, we see it in every election, and you're going to instantly know what I'm talking about, and that's when... There's some voting discrepancy, something happens, and all of a sudden the attorneys run to the courthouse and they file uh, some emergency motion to keep the ballot, to keep the polling open, to keep the, 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 uh, the voting area open, to keep the polls open. You've seen it. It's happened here in St. Louis. It's happened. It happened in Florida, going back to Bush Gore. I mean, it happens in every election. We saw it in Arizona because Maricopa County, they couldn't find printer toner. I mean, can you believe that yesterday? They couldn't count the ballots and they couldn't accept votes because their printers were out of printer toner. I I got two words for you, pal. Office Max. Okay, you don't have any Office Max or Office Depot. You You don't have a Walmart in Arizona. Come on. You can buy some printer toner. Uh, but anyway, they had to keep the polls open. It happened in Pennsylvania two years ago. That was my big complaint about the 2020 election was there was voter fraud in Pennsylvania because the judges allowed a continuation and accounting of votes that were not authorized by Congress. Well, I mention that because there's a case at the Supreme Court. It's not getting much attention at all, but it's at the Supreme Court this year. And I will keep you informed of it. It's called Moore versus Harper. Now, in this case, the actual point of the litigation deals with what's called gerrymandering. Now, you've heard the term gerrymandering. It goes back to the 1800s. It's when politicians draw uh, districts in such a way as to ensure that the incumbent doesn't get defeated. Whether it's the incumbent individual or whether it's the incumbent party. And the court is going to deal with it. But the reason they're going to deal with it is under Article 1, Section 4 of the Constitution, which specifies, and I'm quoting, the manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof, unquote. So I'm thinking that one of the one of the outcomes of this Supreme Court case of Moore versus Harper, because I believe the Supreme Court is going to say, that courts do not have a say, courts do not have a say in uh, in the outcome or how these uh, laws are interpreted and applied when it comes to the handling of elections. Only the legislature can do that. And if that's the case, we could see an end to all of these cases where the judges come and say, well, I know what the statute says, that the polls close at 8, but I'm going to leave the polls open till midnight because the printers are out of toner. And this could put a stop to that nonsense. If the polls close at 8, they close at 8. If they close at 7, they close at 7. I mean, we have to have rules and interpret them fairly. Now, every polling center has a rule that says once you're in line, you get to vote, and that's great. But in this instance, 
we need to put a stop to every judge in every jurisdiction leaving the polls open and extending the voting and changing the voting laws just because the judge feels like it. That is not the authority that that judge has. If the Constitution says, which it does, Article 1, Section 4, Google it, it says that the legislatures determine the manner and methods of elections, it's not up to judges to override their decisions. So this is a little-known case. It's not getting much uh, publicity, but uh, keep it tuned here on 1120 Camo X on Wednesday evenings at your service, and I will keep you up to date with that as that case progresses. Hey, I've got a couple of other things to talk about in the last segment. We're going to take a break here. Stick around. I'll be right back on At Your Service. Here's one piece of truth that you can absolutely be certain of. I did not win the $2 billion lottery. And uh, chances are you didn't either because the ticket was sold in California. Uh, and I'm telling you, folks, there's going to be litigation over this. There there will be litigation. I can just smell it because uh, you, you had a situation where the, the Powerball, the lottery officials, they had to shut it down because there was some kind of an anomaly. And then all of a sudden one ticket gets pulled from California. Someone's going to sue over this when you've got that much money and this many lawyers That's a combination that just screams for litigation. So I'm looking forward to following that lawsuit very closely. But I I ran some numbers today uh, because I I was telling my wife this, that if you win the lottery, you know, you're not going to get $2 billion. And I actually looked at the numbers on CNBC, had it it, uh, broken down by every state, that after taxes, after federal taxes, after state taxes, after excise taxes, after... Taxes regarding the War of 1812. I mean, whatever taxes they can stick on there, how much do you actually get? And California is going to be a higher tax state. I only looked it up for Missouri. But for Missouri, which is a relatively low tax state, out of that two point, I don't know, $1 billion lottery with a single winner, the actual money that you get, $585 million. Now, of course, when I say that, your reaction is <laughs> $585 million. Hey, that's enough. I'll take that. And of course it is. But I, I just dislike the fraud that says uh, you, you could win $2 billion. No, you can't. You're, there is no circumstance where you get $2 billion. None. And not even over time because of taxes. You're just not going to get it. So if you take the present day lump sum, which everyone does, it's $585 million, And that's in Missouri. California? probably closer to 500 million, maybe less. But here's the part that when I talk about this with folks over lunch and we bring this kind of topic up, nobody believes me. So I I looked up the numbers today just to confirm that I'm correct. And (laughs) of course I am. And uh, when I'm looked at this, 70%, write this down, 770% of all lottery winners go bankrupt within five years. Now, Matt, do you believe that number? Or do you think I'm just making that up? I, I have to believe you, Brad. You're, you're never wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'm going to buy you dinner for that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but, but doesn't that shock you? Oh, yeah. It's like, uh, 
what per- what percentage of NFL players go bankrupt too after they get their first big contract? It's all that money, and you just don't know what to do with it, and you go bankrupt. It's insane. Right. But but it's it's you, you're exactly right. Your intuition is correct. But it's because typically people who play the lottery are people who don't have money. Yeah. Okay. And if you don't have money, and all of a sudden you have six hundred million dollars. You're going to start lighting campfires with wads of $100 bills, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it, to me, when you look at it that way, those stats are fascinating that 70% of lottery winners go bank, bankrupt in five years. And, uh, and they do so. I'm quoting here an economist who wrote in USA, I'm sorry, in U.S. News and World Report today, quote, studies found that instead of getting people out of financial trouble, winning the lottery got people into more trouble since bankruptcy rates soared for lottery winners three to five years after winning, unquote. So at some point, my wife asked me a couple of times this week, hey, did we win the lottery? You know, when we heard the lottery tickets, the the lottery numbers, oh, here comes the lottery. She'd say, did we win? And I would always say the same thing. Well, it's hard to win if you don't play. And uh, and so after the numbers came out and she asked me today, in fact, did, did, did we win the two billion? And I said, no, but I just saved you 20 bucks. So we did win 20 bucks because I did not play the lottery the last four times that you asked me to play the lottery. So, look, I saved you 20 bucks. That's a non-taxable savings. I'm a financial genius. I just saved you twenty dollars. Now let's go uh, you know, eat cheeseburgers and celebrate. So, uh, yeah. So if if you want to think about you didn't win the lottery, the best way to think about it is if you, in fact, did not play the lottery, then, folks, you are truly a winner. You're a winner because you did not lose that money. Now, I've got a good friend of mine. He's got some money. I'm not going to mention his name. He He's played the lottery every week for, I'm doing the math here, 35 years, uh, 25 years. He's played the lottery every day for 25 years. And I asked him a few years ago, I said, how much money have you won? Nothing. Okay, great. Uh, You haven't won any money. How much money would you have if you had taken all of that money, put it into a high-index mutual fund? How much money do you think you'd have? And he couldn't give me a number because he didn't know the number. But I mentioned that to say... (laughs) The best way, the best way to guarantee that you win every single lottery is to just not play it. Just don't play it. And you will be a winner. You're a winner. Or you take that 10 bucks that you would have spent to buy the five lottery tickets, throw it into a high-index mutual fund, and in a few years, when you look at that number, you'll say, Brad Young is a genius. And then feel free, you know, to send me a half of it and we'll call it as long as it's less than $10,000, it's a free gift and I won't get taxed for it either. So see, it's a win-win all the way around. We all win. We all win from that kind of analysis. Uh, One of the things, uh, the uh, analysis in the few minutes that we have left here, that I wish that we would have seen, and I, I just thought of this today. I thought, remember that over the summer, remember that decision from the Supreme Court that was leaked early? That was the Dobbs decision, and it was leaked uh, by someone, we don't know whom, and it turned out to be exactly right. It wasn't a fake. It wasn't fake news. It wasn't uh, something that was just uh, invented. It was the exact copy of, of the proposed decision that was eventually released. Where's that investigation? What have we heard 
about the status of that investigation to find out who was the leaker. We've heard nothing about that. We've heard nothing at all. Uh, I I did read earlier this year that Chief Justice John, uh, uh, that the Chief Justice John Roberts gave and assigned the Supreme Court's marshal's office to conduct an investigation. But since then, we've heard absolutely nothing. And any way you look at it, this is a grave betrayal of trust. It truly is, because we should not be getting leaked copies of the Supreme Court decisions that were leaked for political purposes. Now, I can make the side, I can make the argument on either side of the issue that it was either leaked to try to uh, empower Democrats to get out and vote, or it could have been leaked uh, to uh, embolden pro-lifers that we're going to strike down Roe versus Wade. You can make either side. I think the argument in favor of it being a liberal justice or a law clerk is far stronger. But having said that, that person should be punished. And keep in mind, this is not like this is not like investigating who shot John F. Kennedy. Okay, there is a limited number of suspects at the Supreme Court. There's only so many justices. There's only nine justices. There's a certain number of clerks. There's only specified people who have access to the data. We should know who the leaker is. But so far, we've heard nothing. And I suspect it's this. I suspect that John Roberts, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, I, I think that that he is motivated to not release the name of the leaker because he is so vested in maintaining the integrity of the Supreme Court that to release that information is going to bring this all up again and make people question the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. And he, and I applaud him for this, I disagree with some of his opinions, but I applaud him for this. We need to encourage and maintain the legitimacy of the Supreme Court when we have such a divided and polarized nation. I just wanted to remind you that that issue is still out there. It still has not been resolved. And my guess, if I'm right, uh, is that we're never going to know who that leaker is uh, until it happens again and the court develops policies and procedures to make sure it doesn't happen again. Brad Young, at your service. I'll be back with you next Wednesday night. Make sure you stick around for Dave Glover on X. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.